Welcome to the Adventure for Good podcast. We're your hosts, Chris and Kim. In June 2018, we both left our careers at the age of 31 and started traveling with the mission of finding and creating work locally in the United States and around the world that inspires us while helping other people and the environment. This podcast documents our adventures as well as highlights the inspirational people that we meet along the way. We hope you enjoy. Welcome to episode 15. We're Kim and Chris, and today is all about the Mendoza, Argentina area. It's called a region. Okay, the Mendoza, Argentina region. It's all the good. Mendoza region of Argentina. <laughs> this is going to be fun. Is it? <laughs> I'm having fun. <laughs> so, why did we choose to come here in the first place? Because we couldn't stay in Patagonia for the month of February because it was super expensive and there was no workaways available because we waited too long to try to plan one. Yes. And it was going to cost us about $1,000 to find anywhere to stay. At least. So plus we, food. Plus food. So we originally had flown down to southern uh, Patagonia with Chris's dad in January and we were supposed to stay down there until the end of February. But like Chris just said, couldn't find a place to stay or volunteer. So... We always wanted to come to the wine region of Argentina and decided to fly up here and do another workaway. After Chris's dad left, we flew up here, and how did the workaway go, Chris? It was the worst. <laughs> this lady is awful, and nobody should ever have to spend any time with her, ever. She's a terrible human. Wow. You don't say that about many people. Yeah. So we were supposed to do this workaway with this German woman who has a restaurant in a town called San Rafael, Argentina, which is about three hours south of Mendoza. So we flew into Mendoza, took the bus down to San Rafael, arrived at her restaurant, and we were hopeful for the first night. We tried to give it a chance. She was okay uh, on the first night. She has five dogs, and we were supposed to help her prepare the restaurant do the dishes, clean the kitchen, help her with the garden outside, and then also help her with the dogs every day. We had some red flags, but the second day and the third day were not very much fun. None of the days were fun. <laughs> Zero fun was had. <laughs> well, we tried to have a positive outlook on it at the beginning. That doesn't mean we had fun. True. Why? So why was she so terrible? I think... I don't know why, but I can tell you what she did. Okay. So some some issues that were difficult to overcome, just matter-of-factly, the restaurant, because of the, the schedule here in this part of Argentina, is very much uh, religious around their siesta time. Yes. And siesta goes from 1 p.m. until about 6 p.m. every day, and essentially everything shuts down during that time. The whole town. Which means dinner gets pushed back. Like, you you can't eat dinner in a restaurant before 9 p.m. If you show up before 9 p.m., they'll tell you, well, the, the restaurant's open, but there's no food, Bam. is what, what we've been to told <laughs> many times. So her restaurant was open from 9 p.m. until midnight, and it was just her that worked there, and it was about four tables, could hold about 16 people. Yep. It was a house-slash-kitchen-slash-restaurant, and it was sort of shaped like an L. And on one side of the L was the restaurant, and on the other side was our room, and the kitchen was in the middle. So basically, when there were guests, 
in the restaurant, all of the sound from the restaurant came right into our room. So we couldn't really go to sleep while the restaurant was open. And then when the restaurant closed, she cleaned up a little bit and then went and let her dogs out of her room at 1 a.m. And then her dogs went crazy because they'd been locked up for three and a half hours. And we weren't really allowed to leave our room after 8.30 because she didn't want the restaurant guests to see us. Yep, so we were quarantined in our bedroom. Yeah, we weren't really allowed to eat. I mean, she would feed us. We were allowed to have a piece of bread for breakfast. Well, she was supposed to provide food with this workaway. Some workaways do and some don't. And she had agreed to provide us three meals a day. Yeah. So we could have breakfast, a piece of bread, and lunch. Kim would make some food with her. And whatever we didn't finish for lunch, whatever we had left over, that was our dinner. So basically, if we ate too much at lunch, we didn't have any dinner. And if we asked for more food, she would get all pissed off at us and snap at us. It was a restaurant. Us. That's uh-huh. the crazy part, right? So, like, yeah, there so was there was plenty food. of food. We just weren't allowed to eat any of it. But, yeah, we were supposed to work in the yard all day and clean up and do all of her chores but not not have food to eat. And she said if, if we wanted more food, we, we could go buy it in town, which was not easy to get to from her house. So, anyway, long story short, the last morning we had decided to leave. And well, she, you, you forgot one part. She was also very, like, oh. angry most of the time. And anything that we did, she had to correct. And it was... Everything. Yeah. If I had to rake the leaves, I, I did it wrong. I used the wrong rake. I went the wrong direction. If I had to water, I was using the wrong hose. I wasn't holding the hose right. I wasn't spraying properly. It was every little thing, everything you did. If you did something in the kitchen, you were holding the towels wrong. You were using the wrong towel. You were Everything was right. just wrong. She had very specific rules and ways to do things, which I can appreciate some of it because that's the way she is and she wants her volunteers to do it her way. I appreciate that. But don't nag on me the whole time. And, like, for example, I had to make empanadas for lunch the second day and, you know, she gave me the innards and dough for the outside and said, oh, do it how you want. So I started filling them like I've done in the past. And then she proceeded to tell me how I was doing it wrong and showed me numerous times everything, the, all the steps. And then at the end, they cooked and some of the filling fell out and came onto the cookie sheet that they were on. And I got berated for that at least three times, too, because I didn't close them all the way. So... I did close them all the way, but some of the dough was not as sticky as it should be. So it was just really, really frustrating. Like it was well, not it was, a comfortable environment. Yeah. She didn't. She was not welcoming. Not comfortable. We didn't really feel like we. It wasn't they, fun. She wanted us. It there, wasn't right? fun, and we do this to have fun and to help give back. Yes. And she wasn't somebody that we wanted to help. So. So we the, decided to, to call an audible. So the last night we found an Airbnb in town, and booked that and packed up our bags while we were quarantined in our room and the next morning she confronted us somehow she had figured out we were leaving i don't think she liked us either yeah well and and then she basically spent about 20 minutes yelling at us in the kitchen and then told us we had to leave in the next 10 minutes or half hour so we left and yeah, we don't get in yelling matches with many people either, so it was a first, I think, for... But I, I think the most telling tale of this is we we had our Airbnb host picked us up in town to take us out to their their place, and... Very super awesome people. They, they were telling us that they ate at the restaurant one time, and they got in a fight with her because 
she sat with them during their meal and took his knife and fork and tried to show him how to properly eat her food. And she wouldn't just let him eat. And then when he wanted to order more bread, she told him he couldn't have more bread because that's not the proper way to eat her meal. And he's already eaten the amount of bread that was allotted for that meal, even though he wanted to buy more bread. So that just sort of wraps up in a nutshell. Her outlook on life is basically everybody's stupid and I'm the only one who knows how to do anything proper. Yeah, and somehow she has the number one restaurant in the town, which the food, from what we did get to try very little of it, was very good, but I still don't understand how people deal with it. So I feel sorry for her. She's pushed away everyone in her life, and that's sad, but it wasn't worth our time. We decided it was better to go get an Airbnb, and it was worth the money to get out of the situation. So that's what we did. We spent... A week and a half at an apartment in San Rafael, and our hosts, uh, like Chris just said, were amazing people. They helped us a lot, and they even invited... The first night we were there, he was playing in a band at this food truck rally thing that he invited us to, so that first night we got to go uh, have some tacos and crepes and ice cream (laughs) and listen to his band, which was awesome. And they drove us home, and they helped us find stuff to do, made recommendations, so that... That all was awesome. And even, like, everyone else in Argentina we've met has been wonderful. I remember at that food truck rally that first night, one of the guys that was friends with our host sat down at the table with us. He didn't speak English, and he, the first thing he did was offer us half of his hamburger he was eating because we were new and guests, and he was trying to be polite. So that was just, people are very nice. And so I think the woman, the German lady, was just kind of an anomaly. Well, she's German. Yes, yeah, true. She's not, not. not that it's all German people, but she's not an Argentinian, Argentine person. Yeah, so. for the record, we have met awesome German people, too. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> she's not one of them. No. <laughs> so anyway, we spent, you know, a week and a half in the San Rafael area. We did some fun things. We went tubing down a river that was like class one rapids, mm-hmm. kind of like boogie boarding down the river yeah it was yeah it's they also did rafting but it was kind of boring for rafting so it was more fun to do the boogie boarding yeah you know we we were able to eat a little healthier than we had been because we were able to cook just kind of explored the town went and found some live music went to a couple wineries just kind of enjoyed not having to be on someone's schedule which is the first in a while that we didn't have to do that yeah we just enjoyed some downtime Uh, It was awesome just to relax and do whatever we wanted. And we could sleep, we could work out, we could cook. Yeah. So, yeah, the, the, I guess for anybody who's not familiar with this region, it's, it's an interesting place. Uh, It's basically a desert, but it's an oasis in the desert. And they've, essentially, they have irrigation canals and a whole series of different reservoirs on the nearby rivers that they redirect water to all of these canals that run like in grids along all the streets. And so all of the streets are just tree-lined with tons of shade. It's it's actually really cool. It's, yeah. it's probably one of my favorite cities we've ever been in. Both San Rafael and Mendoza were are the same way. They were designed with all the trees, which you couldn't walk around very easily without the shade because it does get very, very hot. Yeah, it's uh, every day has been about 95. Yeah. There hasn't been a cloud since we got here. No. <laughs> well, we had that one crazy storm 
Um, Thank you for correcting me. <laughs> but that's it. <laughs> We're just east of the Andes, and so all the water that they have irrigated comes from the Andes, and it's very arid and dry place. But it's fa- fascinating. Actually, we drove around San Rafael a little bit, and it looks like the American Southwest, I think. Yeah, it's very similar to like Zion or Arches or a lot of those parks. There's just lots of rocks and sand and shrubs. Right. So it's it's definitely not a place where you expect gigantic leafy trees. But (laughs) because of the irrigation canals, they've they've done it for a long, long time. Yeah. And we did have one incident at our Airbnb in San Rafael. One night we were sleeping and we had the door open because it was very hot and we woke up and thought it was raining outside and it was raining hard. So I got up and moved some clothes that I had on the floor right next to the door and turns out it was also raining in our bedroom. So (laughs) I woke Chris up and told him that we have a major problem. We thought it was raining and the roof was leaking, but once we looked outside, it was a clear, beautiful night. Chris saw, or I don't know, one of us saw, that the water tank, which was up on the roof, and it's a holding tank, even though I, this, the apartment was on city water, it's on a holding tank, and the float switch had broken. Yeah, so the water coming in from the city pipes goes to a holding tank, and all these holding tanks sit above the houses. It's just to sort of even out the demand on the city water system. And, yeah, the float switch broke, so it was just constantly overflowing and basically flooding our bedroom. Yeah. Luckily, after a while, I was able to find a way to climb up on the roof and shut off the infeed for the tank and essentially save their apartment from from flooding because this happened at 4 a.m., and they... They had their phones off because we tried calling them, and they didn't wake up until about 8.30, and they finally got there about 10.30, so yeah, it would have been really wet in there. It was yeah. already wet, very wet. It was wet. already very wet. I was frantically trying to pack all our stuff because I thought we were going to have to evacuate <laughs> if we couldn't shut off the water. It well, was a fun night, but the owners showed up and fixed. they called a plumber, got it fixed, all was good. It was just a little bit of an adventure in the middle of the night, right? Yeah. <laughs> After we left our Airbnb, we had some friends come and visit. Friends from California, Tina and Rob, came down, and they had wanted to come to Argentina and decided to make the leap and come see us, which was amazing. We spent four days with them at an Airbnb out in a vineyard and went to a handful of wineries with them, actually took them down the river rafting again, not rafting, bodyboarding, boogie boarding, whatever you call it. They call it Cool River, the Cool River experience here. But I don't really know what that relates to, other than you're in the water. And because it's cold and you get shivering. (laughs) It's like 95 degrees outside. I call it Shiver River. (laughs) (laughs) Shiver River. But yeah, they're, they're big wine people, and so... They live in, like, the one of the wine regions in California. So they came down to do a bunch of wine tasting with us. I think we went to probably six or seven vineyards. We found some live music. It was awesome. It was yeah. a lot of fun. After our friends left, we moved to Mendoza and got another Airbnb. And that's actually where we're sitting right now as we're recording this. We're here, or we have been here just about, what, five days? And we fly out tomorrow to go back to Chile. In the five days, what have we done? 
We had the opposite of too much water. Yes, we had another water thing. With the, the pump, the pump for the building broke, and so we had no water for about twelve hours. Uh, twelve to eighteen hours. Yeah. And we had spent the entire day biking around it. We there's this area south of the city called Maipu that is essentially it's a whole bunch of vineyards and wineries, and you can rent a bike and bike to them all. And it was like. I think we biked about 12, 13 miles, 14 yeah, miles. Yeah. But it was like 100 degrees out Ugh, and there's no shade. And so we were really nice and sweaty. And we got home and went to turn on the nice cold shower. And we didn't have any water. <laughs> and it really sucked. We had to get some water in a jug and give ourselves a sponge bath that night because we didn't have showers until about, I don't know, 3 p.m. the next day. So so that was fun. We've had some water adventures in our Airbnbs here in Argentina. But the biking was fun. We biked to four different wineries. The first one gave us a lot of wine. Yeah, we might have been a little bit... Well, Kim was a little bit drunk. <laughs> you were too. It was like 11 in the morning. <laughs> I know. <laughs> they gave us a lot of wine. And yeah, then we started biking and it was hot as hell. The second winery sucked. Eh, it wasn't as good. They just didn't. They weren't very friendly. Yeah. The third one was really cool. That one was uh, all organic. All organic, and they did a nice tour, showed us how to properly drink the wine, taste the wine. I drank it. Yes, but they showed the proper. You got to look for the color and then smell it three different places and then taste it on the tongue. Mm, what? That's what they said. Did you? Were you not listening? You were just trying to drink it. I don't you? think they said taste it on the tongue. That's what she said. I don't think so. Or anyway. I guess maybe it was in the mouth. Anyway, it was still on your tongue, in your mouth. Taste the wine and describe the flavors. You didn't do a very good job describing the flavors. But then we went to the next winery. <laughs> that was actually, I think that one. Was, the, the last one was my favorite winery. Yeah, mine too. Uh, it was called Giol or Giol. It's an Italian name. Um, it was founded back just before the 1900 turn of the century. He essentially, within like a couple of years, became one of the largest wineries in Argentina and was supplying about 20% of the wine to Argentina and then also wound up supplying a whole bunch of wine to Europe. And so... It was it, huge. It was massive, massive winery. They had a picture on the wall and they made... A few key wines. One was a red wine, Malbec. No, it was a table wine. Oh, that was a table wine. They made a lot of Malbecs too, but a table wine called Vino Toro, which means like wine of the bull. And that, they had these holding tanks that were massive outside. Yeah, it looked, basically they looked like silos from a farm. Yeah. And there was about 50 of them. Yeah, it was a huge operation. So that was really neat to see. It was also neat to see they have all of the old oak aging and holding tanks. They have Over about 300. Yeah, they have about 300 tanks in the building. And it's Barrels, not yeah. it's not an operational winery anymore, but it's kind of like a museum, and you can still taste go wine tasting there. And yeah, so that was the really last, neat. The last barrel to be used was 1996, and she said most of them had stopped being used in the late 1980s. So a lot of those had been sitting there for over 30 years. Which is crazy. Uh, it was beautiful, but that was definitely my favorite. 
What else have we done in Argentina and Mendoza? We sweat a lot. We just walk around sweating. You like the heat. I like like the heat, but sometimes there's too much heat. (laughs) At least it's not humid like the Bolivian jungle. I dragged you out tango dancing. Ah. I took you to tango lessons. You didn't Did want you? you didn't want to go, but I made you. I think I was the one that found and booked those. And, and I, you were a good sport. I did a really good job at the tango. <laughs> we we tried hard, but it was all in Spanish and people were pretty good. Well, we, they weren't. Well, some people were. They the were, teacher was good. Nobody doing, else was good. They were doing more advanced stuff than we were. We didn't even know the steps. Yeah, but they weren't doing it very well. <laughs> I think if I had gone back to a second class, I would, have I would have been right there with them. Well, we could have gone last night for a second time. I, we couldn't afford it. It was <laughs> over $5 for both of us. <laughs> it was awesome. I Chris was a very good sport, and we had fun trying to tango dance. We also did a walking tour of the city of Mendoza, which was really good. It was a two-hour walking tour and just got to see some of the city. This morning, we walked to a state park, about a 30-minute walk away, and walked around a lake, which was beautiful, but we went early, thankfully, uh, so it was nice and cool. It was not cool. It was hot. It, it was just like, wasn't quite as hot. Okay, it was like 80 degrees. It was different than 95. You're talking to people who were just in a polar vortex. I know. <laughs> it was, it was, there was a, a time last week where there was about a 130-degree temperature difference between where we were at home, and, or where we're from and where we, li- where we were living in Argentina. I know. Oh. By the way, that's Fahrenheit, not Celsius. <laughs> um, what has been your favorite part of this whole Mendoza-San Rafael area? I like the tree-lined streets. Yeah, me too. And I think all the people are super, super friendly and nice, and I really enjoyed the hospitality and... Maybe the food truck rally. Oh, and the winery out with the big maze with the labyrinth that we went to. That was really cool. Yeah. Live, oh, lots of live music. You were kind of pissed walking through that maze, though. You got lost. No, it was it was deceptive. <laughs> I didn't like that part. But yeah. we, we survived. We I, really, I know we did. I really liked that. We had an amazing dinner at that winery with the labyrinth. And also the food truck rallies were super fun. We went... Three times, actually. We were in San Rafael three Fridays in a row and went every single night. The last time, we took our friends that were visiting Tina and Rob. So it was awesome. That was really cool. And I also like the ice cream. Yeah, we've also eaten a lot of ice cream. When it's 95 degrees, it's hard not to get ice cream. There's also... Well, you have to eat it really fast. There's also a place to get ice cream on literally almost every corner. Yeah, it's like Starbucks, except instead it's ice cream. And all of it's, most of it's really good, like homemade, not just, you know, the like a McDonald's twist or something. Although they do have McDonald's. They do. First McDonald's we've seen in seven months. Yeah, they also have Starbucks. What's your favorite part? What's my favorite part? Was it not showering? No, that was my least favorite part, was trying to sponge bath myself at 11... 30 or 12 o'clock at night after sweating So what was your favorite part? My favorite part was... I really enjoyed going down the river in San Rafael. The first time or the second time? Both. I had fun both times. Which one did you like more better? Both were really fun. They were the same thing, so they were a lot of fun. The second time I knew what to expect, so it was, I think, maybe a little more fun. And I also really liked the 
wine tour we did with the bicycles, even though it was super hot bicycling. It was really fun to just go see all those wineries and try some different wines. That was a fun day. Yeah, which one was your favorite wine? The Malbec? Well, considering they were almost all Malbec, yes. Oh, I learned one interesting thing. There was a winery, the winery that we said we didn't like because they weren't very friendly. All they make are Malbecs, but they made a Malbec that was like a rosé, which I don't know much about wine, but that was interesting. They basically said the time of that they harvest the grapes and do all this stuff, and it was a Malbec grape, but it was a rosé wine kind of thing. That was pretty cool. It was delicious, too. Yeah, if she'd been friendlier, maybe we would have hung out and had some more beer. Yeah, <laughs> true. This morning, real quick, funny thing, walking back from the state park, who followed us? One of your dog friends. <laughs> There was this dog that literally followed us for about 20 or 30 minutes, and he would go and sniff something and then come back and run and catch up to us, and I think he thought we were going to adopt him. Because you wanted to. He could hear you talking about him. I know. I really wanted to, but I don't know how. We can't take him to Chile with us. I think no one's listening anymore. Okay. Well, next episode, we're going to... No, that's not true. Maria's still listening. (laughs) Hi, Maria. (laughs) Hi, Maria. Thanks for listening. Next episode, we're going to be talking about our road trip. We leave here tomorrow and we fly down to Punta Arenas, Chile. We pick up a camper van and we drive it from Punta Arenas all the way to Santiago. So when you're hearing this episode, actually, we'll be just finishing that trip. And so the next episode will be all about our adventures in a camper van for five weeks, which will be interesting to say the least and a lot of fun, we hope. One thing I did want to quickly mention, I know we talk a lot about budget sometimes in our episodes and we did a whole episode on budget a few months ago but this month February definitely turned out to be more expensive than we were planning on we were going to stay in the south of Chile and we couldn't find a place to volunteer so it was going to be expensive so we bought cheap plane tickets to come to Mendoza and it was supposed to be cheaper and it turned out to be a lot more expensive because we got Airbnbs Uh, instead of volunteering and that was just because the work away didn't work out so that's not ideal but we ultimately decided that it wasn't worth our misery to stay at the work away and it was we found you know reasonably priced airbnbs and we've been trying to do a lot of cooking ourselves so we've been trying to make it budget friendly anyway i just wanted to plug that in there because i think it's important that we're at least aware of it you can find us on instagram under underscore adventure for good or on facebook Follow us there. We post lots of pictures. And, of course, our website is adventureforgood.com. Anything else, Chris? No. Bye, Maria. (laughs) Bye, everyone.